This is Julie Smith, the director of the Transatlantic Security Program here at the Center for New American Security. I'm joined today by Jim Townsend, uh, our adjunct fellow, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Europe and NATO. And Jim, I'm going to let you do the honors and introduce our special guest because I know you have very unique and special and longstanding ties to Sweden. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, thank you very much. It is great to be here, as always, with Julie, but particularly with uh, Minister Hulquist from Stockholm. And you and I have gone back many years, both yep. when you were minister as well as in the parliament. And when I was a deputy assistant secretary, I think we created one of the closest defense relationships between the United States and Sweden that I've seen since 1990, which is when I started working with Sweden. Okay. And it was marvelous working with you and your staff. And I think... Uh, despite the administration's uh, changes, I think we're going to continue to build this close relationship, and it is a great personal honor for me to have you here and part of this podcast. And I have one question for you, if I can, Julie. Go ahead, um, yes. Um, so what we do, we ask all of the all of our guests uh, the same question to start off with, because I think it's something important for us to learn from you all who have done so many things with your life. And, and, and I have watched you in your political career and both uh, in the parliament and in government. And, um, and the question that we like to start off with, as you've gone through your career and you've done so many different things, has there come to you now a great truth, if you will, that something that um, you've learned along the way that might have been a little bit different than you thought when you started off years ago with your career? What has, what have you, as you sit here as minister and you've and you've um, had to make decisions and you've had to uh, lead in so many different ways? What has what has come to you as a great truth that you've discovered through all this work? <laughs> it was a very ambitious question. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, thank you for um, friendship during the year and thank you for the possibility to work together. And uh, uh, we have uh, done a lot together, Sweden and United States, the years that are gone now. And we are now on a level that we must also ask ourselves how to, to go further, yeah. what, how to deepen the cooperation and how to make analysis of the security environment together that are valid and can be a new platform for cooperation in the future. Uh, that's one of the challenges. But if I see to my background, what I think is most important in uh, when you work with political questions is to, if you have the feeling to see the change in the environment and not be stuck by all views of yes. the situation, you must try to be in the front in some way and feel what is now happened because then you have a possibility to make a real impact also. But if you don't have that feeling uh, or you're living in the past, then you have problems because then the gap will be so big between the realities and, and uh, what you need to do. Yeah. So, so that is what I can say the, the most important thing that I have learned during all years in politics. And, and that's very 
close connected to our security environment just yeah. now. Yeah. Because it took a long time for the Western world to understand what's really happened in Russia. And I think that uh, the annexation of Crimea, that was the real wake-up call when people in the Western world understood that now have something happened, we have a new situation here, we need to do something. But they were also in a wake-up situation, so it was a little bit confusing when it's happened. But uh, now we have this new reality, and I think that many, the most of the leaders and the most of the politicians have the insight that now we are there and now we can act. But what we need to do is to be together, to be united, to have this transatlantic link, but also have unity in European Union. Because the Russians, they want to split all this. They want to split the transatlantic link, they want to split different countries in Europe. So, so they work with this in a strategical way, and we, we have to see that. But if we want to balance, so, so Crimea not will happen again somewhere else, then we need to be strong together. And yeah. that's the importance of the transatlantic link today. Yeah, That's right. Well, Mr. Minister, uh, speaking of Crimea, um, I did want to ask you about Sweden's perspectives today on Russia. Uh, Sweden has obviously, for geographic reasons, has a different view towards Russia and has had a different relationship with Russia over the years. Um, and yet, you're right, Sweden has been an unbelievable transatlantic party a partner and has shown tremendous unity and resolve with all of the transatlantic partners in ensuring that we can push back against Russian aggression. At the same time, I think we all see the need for engagement with the Russians. I just was wondering how you would describe Sweden's worldview and where do you think the transatlantic partners need to go from here on it, their relationship with Moscow? Yes, that's a complicated question, but I, I think in the basic platform you need some sort of strength. So you, you need military cooperation in Europe and you need military cooperation with the United States. You need these exercises, you need this interoperability, you need the presence in the Baltic states. Uh, you need all these sort of things to have a strong body in the bottom. And you need also to uphold the sanctions from US and from Euro European Union. And if you do all these things, then you can also create a platform for a dialogue. Mm, right. And maybe it can be constructive, it can be a dialogue, but it can be something. But we cannot have a dialogue situation used for splitting us. So, so we must see with clear eyes how the situation is in reality, and, and the split strategy is a reality from their side. They, they want to have bilaterals with all these countries and agreements about everything, and, and, and if we will go into that, then we will have problem in the main focus and in the main scenarios. And uh, the main focus must be that they have done something against international law in Crimea. It's unacceptable. And they have done a lot about uh, upgrading military capability, and they have shown that they are ready to use it also, use this military power to fulfill political goals. And uh, the balls, they feel pressure, and there is also an unpredictability in this. So I think that 
if we have this unity, we have a, a clear view of what's happened, then we also can have some sort of dialogue. But it's very hard for me to say exactly what can be the result of it. But then you can have it from a strong position. And I think that strong position is very, very important. Well, that's that's very true, and I've certainly seen all that play out myself. I mean, there was a lot of surprise in Europe and in the United States, particularly when all the hopes and all the expectations born in the 1990s that things were going to go so well, we were going to put together a Europe that was going to be whole, free, and at peace, as we used to say, um, wasn't going to work. And so, as 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 you have had to deal with the Swedish public and the Swedish people who, like all of us, were so surprised by this and so disappointed by this and not wanting to believe it. There was a lot of wishful thinking um, that, that this is temporary. Uh, how have the Swedish people reacted as you've gone to them and said, we need to increase the defense budget? You know, we need to have it closer in our ability with the United States, with NATO, um, what is happening with Russia's troubling. I mean, certainly um, the, the Swedish people have had, like all of us, a hard time just thinking that they were going to have to turn back to an old way of thinking about Russia. Was it difficult to, to bring them along? I think that we have tried to work with broad majorities in our parliament. We have a five-party agreement, and we also have defense commissions that are working on a regular basis with all political parties. And in these defense commissions, we can discuss the analysis of the security environment together. And we can also, in, in, without prestige, discuss what are we going to do with our capabilities. And if we can show up a broad parliamentary majority for doing something, then we also have a good chance to have acceptance around with people. Yeah. So, so I feel that there is a support today for upgrading military capability. I feel there is a real support also for these corporations with other. There are groups that are criticizing it, but uh, my view is that it's small groups. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we have done also in Finland, uh, this is uh, something new and we are also public around it. We, we cooperate in a very deep level. We, we exercise with Swedish troops in Finland with the scenario defense of Finland. Yeah. And they exercise in Sweden with the scenario defense of Sweden. We also have a planning how to handle crisis beyond peace. So, so we have done a lot there. And we say it openly because we, we think that that will make the threshold higher. But we also say that we, we do not want any tension or, or want to disturb anyone. And we have no ambitions more than that have, that our sovereignty must be respected. That, that's our ambition. And also the other countries around the Baltic Sea, Lithuania and, and Latvia and, and Estonia and so on. Respect for national sovereignty, respect for international law. So we motivate with this. And uh, about the statement of intent, we have a United States. Uh, I think we have a broad support in the parliament. Yes. So, so we have stability. Yeah. Th that is something that's very important when we are trying to develop our defense sector. 
Now, Mr. Minister, um, President Trump will be in Europe next week, and he'll be visiting NATO um, for a kind of miniature summit. It's not the normal two-day affair, but uh, at least a dinner um, with his transatlantic counterparts. And he'll also be making a trip to the European Union to meet with Tusk and Juncker uh, to talk about EU-US relations. What would Sweden like to see come out of such a visit? What what kind of expectations exist in Stockholm for the president's first big trip to Europe? I hope that the message will be very clear about uh, the support to NATO, the, the support to the transatlantic link that we may we need to do this together. Unity is a key. We will, must uphold the sanctions. Uh, we we need stability and not uh, any sort of speculations. Uh, I think if, if you can be very clear about what we have expected from the United States before and what was uh, the last administration's message to Europe, uh, then it's uh, not a problem. And, and I hope and I think that that also will be delivered. I cannot see any, any other alternative. I hope. I hope you're right. I, uh, I, 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 I think. Right. I think it will be a good visit. I'm. I'm hoping. I know it's. It's again a short engagement, and uh, hopefully uh, there'll be some progress in continuing to convince the president that NATO is in fact far from obsolete, and is an indispensable part of the transatlantic relationship. Um, should we take one last question? We might have time for one more. One Go last ahead. question, and it won't be about a big truth. You've given us actually a very a lot of very big truths over the past few minutes, but I'm going to broaden the aperture a little bit and talk about Europe in general. Mm. You know, when Sweden joined the EU, that was a big deal. Mm. And when um, Sweden became a, a partner to NATO and through the Partnership for Peace, that was a big deal too. And Sweden has emerged on the European political scene as a pretty big player. And I think when you look at Brexit and the UK leaving the European Union, um, the importance uh, for Swedish leadership within the EU has been doubled or tripled in terms of the, Europe, the Swedish voice in Europe. Now you're on the UN Security Council uh, as a rotating member at a very important time as the UN grapples with Korea and so many other things. The, Sweden is no stranger to the UN. Um, Sweden has always been a leader within the, in the UN. But as you look now at, this, at the international scene, but particularly if you look at Europe, and you look at um, the elections that Europe has just had, they've got the German election coming up as well, and this feeling that the European experiment, you know, that, 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 that the European plan has come under severe criticism and people are talking about maybe um, others, other nations leaving, et cetera. What, what do you, how do you feel about that as a, par, as a former parliamentarian or current parliamentarian, as a minister, as someone who's spent a lot of time thinking about Swedish leadership in Europe, Swedish leadership in the EU, um, and you're looking at these troubled waters that I think are still there, even after the French uh, elections. What, what comes to your mind about that? I think that um, this uh, Brexit thing must be handled in a way when we still have Great Britain, United Kingdom, as a country that are involved in to make secure stability in the security in Europe. And I know what I will. We, we have a 53 topics agreement with them. And I have talked to Mr. Fallon, the, the 
defense minister in Great Britain many times about this, and the message is very clear. They want to be a partner. They want to do things. They want to be active on the security right. sector. And right. that's a very important decision. And we, we cannot see it because they have decided about Brexit. Now we cannot see it that we not should do, have anything to do with them in the security sector. That, that should be very, very stupid. So I think that uh, Great Britain will be a partner. And, and I also think that these negotiations between Great Britain and the European Union is handled in a way that we can see a result of some sort of cooperation also in the future. But we cannot take responsibility for the money that will go out from the European Union when they now go out, when yeah. they don't remember anymore. Yeah. So, so there will, must also be changes in European Union and consequences right. in this. And uh, that needs uh, some sort of reform agenda. What are we going to do now in the European Union? Because we cannot only build on these institutions as business as usual, because it is not business as usual. Yeah. A, a, a big part of the budget will go away. Mm -hmm. And that must uh, the, the leadership handle, and that is a question for the member countries. And I think that maybe that can be a problem if we say that, okay, we go in with more money from each country, then maybe we have... Uh, movements that protest against that. So, so we must show now leadership, and I think also we have to make clear priorities. What is the goal for the European Union? And, and I think that we we must uh, be very clear about that. And then, uh, then I think that to to be together in some basic security questions, that's one important role. Mm -hmm. uh, to be some sort of a hub for uh, international security and uh, for respect of international law. Then, you, then I think we should cooperate with NATO, but not overlap. Right. We should not have uh, some sort of me new NATO in European Union, yeah. but we can cooperate about cyber, about hybrid, about uh, management yeah, yeah. around crisis uh, situations, in the, for example, in the middle... Uh, Middle East or Middle uh, Mediterranean Sea area, so, yeah. so we can do that sort of things. So, so I think we we have to be very flexible, see how we can find the right combinations, but um, also take consequences of what's happened now with Brexit. Uh, it's, um, Ah, short answer on a complex question. <laughs> we, need, we need about six more hours yeah, yeah, yeah. here. But unfortunately, you've got uh, work to do and a busy schedule here in Washington. Mr. Minister, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you for your leadership and, and good luck with your visit here in Washington. Thank you so much. And thank you thank for you. your friendship, too. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. Thank you.